SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. No more theories, all reality. Open quote. It's no secret that things have changed thanks to the onset of COVID-19 and subsequent living and working restrictions. For many reasons, this has been a time of great reflection and innovation. For others, it has brought fears as they face radical change and are pushed from their comfort zones. Change comes in all different guises and the approaching fourth industrial revolution is one that has seen many businesses and industry sectors switch to embrace their realm of digital technology. With this in mind, we look to the advent of telehealth. For a variety of reasons, there is a great need for healthcare intervention than ever before. Technology can help address the supply and demand on a number of levels. Right now, it can assist practitioners with their administration, streamlining the running of their businesses to free them up to spend quality time treating and consulting with their patients. Already in existence prior to lockdown, telehealth has been given a huge boost by the need for patients to still see their practitioners. And I might add, it obviously does still ring questions of inequality and how technology, whilst it can be used to onboard people, Equally, it can further entrench inequality. Neil Kingsley, CEO of Medici Africa, the telehealth app, is on the line to talk to us about this. Good evening, Neil. Thanks for your time. Good evening to you, and thank you for having me this evening. Tell us, please, about your app and how it puts into reality what I've just highlighted, specifically from an admin perspective and streamlining and freeing up quality time on the back end for clinical interventions. Mm, sure, and thank you for that opportunity. Um, so the Medici app, uh, we're based in Austin in Texas. We have been active in South Africa now for just over three years. And I, I think the perception has been, to a large extent, that telemedicine or telehealth is, is something fairly new, um, something that really only comes to the fore during the COVID-19. And the reality is that that's not really true. It's been around for a very long time. Mm. Um, I, I would probably tell you that it's, it's almost as old as the telephone. You know, I, uh, patients reach out to doctors and providers all the time, WhatsApp wow. and email, etc. This is a form of telemedicine. It's really, I, I guess, only in the last um, couple of months that a lot of the doctors have started to use it in, formalized, in a formalized platform. Um, and really what it does is that it allows a provider to extend care to a patient using a remote platform where they're, they're not necessarily in the same area, freeing up that provider to see patients that need to be seen on a physical face-to-face, one-on-one basis, um, and still allowing them to extend care to patients that, um, that can be seen on, on, a, on, a, on a, virtual, a virtual basis. And it really has, I mean, to a large extent, it's, it's become the solution to allowing providers to see patients and still practice social distancing. Um, obviously, data security and integrity is a large part of what we do, and it's probably one of the largest parts of what you know what what we do. Uh, clinical clinical data, the, the exchange of that has got to be secure. But it certainly has, over these last couple of months, been um, to a large extent a saviour in, in in a number of practices. Let, let, let's talk about 
this facility, it's essentially a healthcare facility that engages ideally all these, pro- well, it does in fact, in reality, engages these protocols that are necessary to fight COVID-19. But in a South African context, of course, a lot more would have to go into that in terms of the infrastructure and the environment where perhaps these hotspots might be public transport facilities, the concentration of people simply because they are trying to access critical government services because they come from spaces where such services and infrastructure is not available. What have you learned so far with the particularity or peculiarity of the South African health market, so to speak, in terms of how Medici app has been able to improve its clinical outcomes ultimately in our fight against COVID-19? Well, you know, that the, the interesting thing is, of course, is that um, while telehealth has been touted as the solution during COVID-19, the truth is, is that people still, they still, got, they still had their day-to-day ailments. People still had got flu, they still got infections, rashes, yes. etc. that needed to be dealt with. Mm. And, you know, while tele, telemedicine was, was really a great solution for COVID-19 patients, it also assisted the, the providers to deal with those day-to-day ailments that were going to happen on a day-to-day basis anyway. But you know, in this country, we have probably two issues. One is geographical barriers to, to the access to private healthcare. As you've mentioned, transport issues. Um, people sometimes have to travel long distances to find a clinic or a, or a basic uh, primary uh, care practitioner, for example. That's one. The other one, of course, is language. You know, we have such sure. diverse language in this country. Yeah. What we've managed to do, I think, is we've, we've managed to find a solution for both of those because the fact that this is a, a remote platform that, you know, you could potentially be using um, in where your provider could be in a different province, uh, theoretically, they could be in a different country. So we've, we've, we have solved for that issue of having people needing to get to a provider um, and solve that geographical barrier. Mm. We've also solved for the for the communication barrier and the, and the language barrier as well. In the Medici app, we have over 100 languages um, that allows for a provider and a patient to text in two different languages. So I could be texting in English, for example. My patient, who might be a Zulu-speaking um, patient, you know, and it's, and it's quite mm. reasonable to expect somebody to describe their symptoms in a language that's not their home language. They sure. could be texting me in their home language and it would convert it into English. We wouldn't even know that we're talking two different languages. So we've actually managed to, to solve for both of those, not only the, geographic, the geographical, but also the language barrier. And what it's done is that we have seen over the last couple of months is that it has allowed practitioners to just extend care to a far greater number of patients. Sure. You know, I mean, here's the, here's the issue. You know, I mean, pre-COVID, the, the demand for healthcare services has outstripped the supply of providers. And I mean, I know that's a fairly general statement, but the, the truth is, is that so long as we continue to provide healthcare on a one-on-one basis, um, in other words, a one-channel basis, where, where the only way that I'm going to uh, get care is by getting into my car, driving to my doctor's office, waiting mm. in his consulting room, and then you know, seeing him at any given time, that is always going to be a very inefficient structure. Yes. What telemedicine does is that it allows, instead of just one channel of, of the delivery of healthcare, it allows for a secondary delivery of healthcare as well, and it allows the petitioner to free up time yes. to deal with those, those patients that don't necessarily need to be seen on a face-to-face basis. These could be follow-ups, for example. Mm. They could be a refill of a script, those kind of things. I, I should make mention right now is that 
telemedicine will never replace a face-to-face consultation, and it's never meant to. Good point. The, the face-to-face consultation will always be the primary source of, the, of delivery of health care. But it does provide an extra level of care, um, and it does, and you know what, it, what is great about it is that it allows the provider to, to book in with the client on a, on, a, on a regular basis to do follow-ups without having to be available. This brings me to another point, and that is as follows. That telemedicine, there are a number of different channels for it to be, to be used. Video is one, but text is a very popular one as well. And text allows a patient and a doctor to communicate when both are not necessarily available. And that is fairly revolutionary in a way, because traditionally healthcare has always been extended to the patient when both provider and patient are, are available. Whereas, whereas in, a, in, a, in a secure, compliant text platform, a patient can text a doctor. He might only respond 20 minutes later, but he's able to respond um, according to his schedule, and he's able to, and he's still able to extend that care. And that's the most amazing thing about, about the technology that we have today. Let's talk about the poor people, because if I may even play devil's advocate, the more I listen to you, the more I... No, I will be, for the most part, able to engage telehealth through Medici's app specifically. But the minute I go to my rural stronghold where the bones of my ancestors are, it's a completely different ballgame for me. It might help that I have a smartphone, but it certainly doesn't help because I don't have connectivity to the MNOs, the mobile network operators there. And, as you say, it doesn't replace the face-to-face. How can we still ensure for the majority of South Africa's population who find themselves on the margins of the mainstream, so to speak, they have access. Is there a way in which telehealth or the facility through your app, Medici app, can make those kinds of inroads, which for now we have not seen coming through from the public health care space? Yeah, such a good point. And I mean, your point is well made. Um, you do require, obviously, there's a, there's a, there's a minimal uh, amount of equipment that's required, and you need to have access to a Wi-Fi or that point. There's, there's a lot of moves at the moment going on in trying to extend this kind of technology into those areas um, and um, ourselves as well as a number of other uh, providers are in conversation with, um, with providers to try and zero rate these kind of data. So I think it's something that we're going to see in, in the near future. Uh, from our side at the moment, we don't have it as yet. But I, I mean, I suppose the, also the answer is Whatever it may cost in terms of data, I mean, it's just, it's about as much as a as a WhatsApp or an SMS would be. It's probably still cheaper than the transport costs and the time off in having to to transport yourself to to a facility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think you know, as as this technology gets better and as the acceptance and as the traction grows, so we're going to see greater initiatives around exactly as you've as you've described final comments from you anything you want to share with us because this certainly i mean the moment you started speaking i was like okay there goes the flying doctor approach that australia has used less necessary now certainly with teleapp but then you went on to say that it doesn't replace that could there be coexistence say in an australian market where they do have the flying doctor and the medici app do they coexist in some of your markets so I, I mean, I don't think that you're ever going to have one channel, and I think I think it's a mistake to to hope for one channel of the delivery of healthcare. I, I think that the future will see a hybrid of technology and personal interaction, and I think that's the way we want to go. I mean, pre-COVID, as I've just mentioned, we would 
seeing this one-channel healthcare delivery. Uh, during COVID and during lockdown, we almost saw a, a complete opposite where um, the single channel of, of healthcare delivery became virtual, and, and that's also not good. I think that we're going to see a, a hybrid of the two, um, but I will tell you that technology will never replace the practitioner. AI, mm. chat box, and the technology that is coming is there to enhance and uplift the, the, the provider, just make him more accurate, make his job better, make his job easier. On a daily basis, we spend all our time trying to figure out how to make the life of the provider better and the experience of the patient better. And I think that's the future that we're going to see. Most certainly. We've mentioned, and I want us to touch because I just learned now I've got another two minutes, so I'm going to indulge this two minutes because it's going to be a long time before we chat again. Fourth Industrial Revolution, this is an opportunity for the country to pick up some wins. Let's assume for a moment all the political will is there and the necessary resource allocation is given towards that particular resource for which the money has been allocated. Utopia for the most part, but let's carry those assumptions. How can then South Africa use technology, open, close quote, industrial, fourth industrial revolution type conversations in creating bridges where currently there are massive chasms in public health care in the country? We know public health care is a fundamental right, socioeconomic right in this country. But the reality of that, it becomes a privilege and utopia for the majority of the country. Yes. Yes, absolutely right. And, you know, I mean, the the truth is right now that this is our one opportunity Mm. to reimagine delivery of health care. And it is not, this is not an opportunity that's going to come around again. And, you know, and probably heavens for that. But this is our opportunity to reimagine the way that we can deliver healthcare. Yes. And we've seen and we've shown over the last, not only the last couple of months, but the last couple of years, the efficiency of technology in the delivery of healthcare. The, I mean, the, basic, the basic premise of healthcare and the delivery of healthcare is the communication between doctor and patient. We need to make sure that every individual in this country is able to access that technology. If they can access that technology in an efficient and streamlined, easy way, we, go, we will be a long way to solving our healthcare obstacles. Well, you are more and, than uh, welcome uh, to return, Neil. We do want to hear more of these stories. You wanted to say? Thank you. And I know I look forward to that. I just think, I, I think that that opportunity is, is not difficult. And it's not, a far, it's not far away either. And it's so easy to imagine. Uh, we just need to take this opportunity and make it happen. All and of I look what forward you say. to talking to you again. All of what you say is predicated on a critical ingredient, which is critically in short supply, political yes. will. Indeed. Man, a few words on that point. I was trying to lure you in, but you didn't take the bait. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> Neil Kingsley, CEO of Medici Africa. That's a Medici app, a telehealth app, which makes healthcare intervention, certainly for a society like South Africa, so much more, especially for the marginalized community. It does require political will, of course, for us to reimagine public health care in South Africa, especially in our response to the fourth industrial revolution. That was then, ladies and gentlemen, hashtag health on Monday. It was a focus on telehealth. Thanks, Neil, for your time. It's 21.32. Thanks to all of you who participated in what was a most wonderful show this evening. It's time for us to go and read a book.